Welcome to the seventh report brought to you by The Brookery. Are you looking for a satisfying treat that pleases your taste buds? Look no further as The Brookery offers seven unique flavors of soft, rich croissants that make other desserts seem incomparable. Place your order today at www.tnbrookery.wixsite.com site for more information. Check the brookery out on Facebook and Instagram for additional chances to win free croissants. Again, that website is www.tnbrookery.wixsite.com site. Order your croissants today. Welcome to the program. Your host, Harrison Hunter, here on The 7th Report. Got a lot going on today. Having Trevor Sikama join me. You guys may remember I've had him on before. He's the Buccaneers beat reporter for the Pewter Report. He was at the Combine this past week. Would love to get his thoughts. And we're going to get his thoughts on some unique situations and stories, hopefully, that he has. You can follow him on Twitter, at Tampa Bay Trey. Trevor, how's it feel to be the first reoccurring guest on the 7th Report? You know, I'm uh, I'm all about breaking new ground. So uh, you know, if I get if anything anything that I get to put my name on, that's like a record, like you know, most viewed, most had on the show, whatever. As long as my name's up there on like a plaque or whatever, imaginary plaque, um, I'm great with it. Great with it. Well, what I'll do is I'll just make a plaque and send it to you. How does that sound? <laughs> but then I'm gonna have to keep coming on the show. See, that's your incentive to keep getting me to come on the show to keep my title, right? I got you. I got you. Yes, sir. You got it. Last time we talked, you were out running a hurricane. Hopefully, that's not currently happening. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was that long ago. Boy, um, a lot of stuff has happened since then. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. That was no, no hurricanes this time. Thank goodness. That was the only hurricane I had to, uh, I had to avoid. So um, it, it, it was all good. So everything's good now. You're good. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you got a chance to go to the Combine last week. Was this your first time going? No, second time actually. I went. Uh, I went last year, um, and I, you know, I kind of went into it this year. Last year, I was uh, pretty wide-eyed, you know, just everything that was going on, all the people you get to meet, um, how you basically get no more than four hours of sleep for a straight week when you're there. And uh, this year, I was a little bit more prepared. I knew what I needed to do going into it, and uh, it was a good week, man. It was. It was a lot of fun. You mean prepare? Like you had to mentally prepare yourself for the four hours of sleep? Yeah, I mean, that part, definitely. Um, But, you know, just the year before, just because I'm, that was my first year really doing this thing full time. Um, And, you know, just like the people you meet, like you'll go, you'll go just like out to dinner with your friends. But because you're in Indianapolis for the combine, I mean, you're sitting there and you get introduced to agents and coaches and uh, all this kinds of stuff. And so it all kind of comes at you pretty quick Mm -hmm. in the first year you're there. Uh, it's a little bit crazy, but this year, like I said, a little bit more prepared, knew it was coming at me, uh, got to meet a lot of really great people, so it was a very successful week. Give me the best story you have from the Combine. Oh my goodness. Um, okay, so me and three of my friends who uh, I will keep <laughs> nameless. Oh, don't do um, that to me. <laughs> we, uh, we, we, were, we were walking around the Combine one night. And a friend of ours kind of texts us and he's like, hey, man, there's a there's a party going on. You know, it's an open bar party. There's a lot of agents here. Come on by. We're like, OK, so we get over there and 
the it is like at the nicest hotel that's in indianapolis and like the entire downstairs bar area is rented out and we're like oh no so they're like hi um whose guest list are you on (laughs) and and out of nowhere uh one of my friends just names off one of the i can't even remember who it was names off like one of the biggest sports agents like in the industry just like names that name and the lady at the front is like oh okay um Give, let's just let me hold on to your business cards really quick and then we'll we'll check the list for you and you guys can go in. We're like, okay, thank you. And we're trying to like play it off. Meanwhile, when she's in the back, we're we're all like freaking out. We're like, we should just leave now. We just gotta leave, man. And we're like, no, 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 we gotta see if it works. So like two minutes later she comes out and she's like, you know what? The list has changed so many times this week. You guys can just go ahead in. Oh we're like we're like, okay, thank you, ma'am. And so then, you know, for the next three hours, we were we were getting to meet agents and uh, drink for free. And uh, that was uh, that's probably the best combine story I got in the two years. <laughs> I've been. Do you have a favorite coach's story from this combine? Who was it, and what happened? From this coach, from this coach's combine. I don't think I do. I think the couple of times that I've met coaches, they've just been very. I don't know. They've been they've been pretty professional. I haven't I haven't met anybody out at the combine or like gotten drinks with a coach or anything. I know my friend, um, my friend Charles McDonald. He's at Four Verts on Twitter. When he was uh, in the airport this time around, he met Andy Reid, and Andy Reid gave him his like six cheese mac and cheese recipe that like his family holds close to their heart. And um, I was I was just laughing so hard at that because that is so the combine man. You just like. The things you get to learn, the randomness, the uh, like, like, I, like I know you're you're asking me this question, and you're trying to see like, have I talked to a coach or something with his guard down or whatever? And I haven't personally yet, but I've heard so many of the stories like that. And uh, <laughs> I don't know; it's th- those are the kind of wacky things that you hear at the combine. So I hope the more that I go, the more wacky stories I get to hear. And four verts, Charles McDonald on Twitter is is a wonderful follow, by the way. Just a shameless plug there. He he's a great follow on Twitter. I don't know him personally, but he's hilarious. Yeah, no, Chuck's a good friend of mine. Uh, we we hung out a bunch this weekend in Mobile, and he's a good time, and he's a good follow. He does good work. And didn't Andy Reid thing get picked up by ESPN? I think it did. I think uh, around <laughs> the horn, the yes. around the horn was talking about it today. They didn't even give him credit. Man. It's tough. It's tough in these uh, these internet streets out here, man. Okay, let, let's get into some actual work. How about that? Okay. Which player impressed you the most athletically, and which player impressed you the most during their interview? Um, during the interview, uh, there's man, there's a couple that were probably great. Uh, Justin Reed from Stanford was great. Uh, you know, he basically could break down every single spot in the secondary. Uh, that was just the way that he spoke. Very. Um, you could just tell he's he's very well educated, not only in the game of football, but but everything. He just held himself to a pretty high standard. I mean, Shaquem Shaquem Griffin is just one of the best people I've ever met in my life. Uh, he was fantastic. Rashawn Evans from Alabama, the linebacker, very well spoken, knew exactly what he was talking about at all times. I thought those guys were great. John Kelly, the running back from Tennessee, he was all smiles the whole time we got to talk to him. Um, he was very open about what he talked about. I, like he he was great too. So those are the guys off the top of my head. And then athletically, it's hard to not say Josh Sweat, just an absolute freak mm-hmm. as a defensive end. Uh, had numbers comparable to Jadavian Clowney. Um, certainly Derwin James as well. 
he is a guy who is uh, another freak athlete. The same with Denzel Ward. These are guys who had incredible numbers. And then, of course, on the wide receiver side or on the offensive side, Mike Gusecki from Penn State, no joke, had the most unprecedented combine I've ever seen. Like, the, the the only tight end who has ever even posted close to numbers that Mike Gusecki did was Vernon Davis. Like, that's it. Oh. And like, and and Gusecki's numbers are even better than Vernon Davis's in some. And then, of course, wide receiver DJ Moore, incredible Saquon Barkley from the running back group. So those would probably be my top, I guess, performers all around. Who was one coach that you wanted to meet but didn't get a chance to? Um, I mean, you get to. So I would have, I would love to meet Sean McVay, man. That was you know, he was there. He was there early it's on. The hair. Uh, for the first couple of days, yeah, absolutely, big fan. Um, so he, you know, he was there a little bit early on. I, I got to hear him speak at his podium presser. Um, was hoping I got to see him out afterwards, but I didn't get to because this is a guy, man. He's just, you know, even if you're not talking football, um, I've been told that he is such a uh, such a great dude to converse with. Um, and then, you know, I was telling people that if <laughs> if I got the chance to go up to Sean McVay, I would have, you know, kind of put my arm on his shoulder and been like, hey. So uh, when are we moving on from Sammy Watkins so we can start uh, Josh Reynolds, huh? So <laughs> if I got the chance, I would have done something like that. But Sean McVay is probably the coach that I would have liked to to meet the most. I love getting to hear from Colts GM Chris Ballard because I think he is so good at what he is doing. I think uh, him getting a blank canvas in Indianapolis a couple years ago was great because we're going to get to see him really build the team. Unfortunately, got screwed over a little bit by Josh McDaniels, but I mean that kind of is what it is. But those would probably be my two guys, like coach and executive, that that I that I look forward to seeing and hearing from. All right, so let's go through a top mock draft of your top ten. Don't know if you've put one out there yet. I've got mine. Go ahead and give me yours. Cleveland Browns have the first pick, no trades. Who do they take? Okay, uh, you want to just go back and forth? Like I'll say mine for Cleveland, you say yours for Cleveland. Sure, that works. Okay, all right. I will. I'm going to take. If I'm Cleveland at number one, I'm taking Josh Rosen. I think that he is the best quarterback in this class. Uh, I think he's a great kid. I truly do think he's got a great head on his shoulders. Um, if it weren't for injuries, I think that we would all be talking about him as, as the top prospect. I'm going to go Baker Mayfield, quarterback of Oklahoma. I just think I think he's the top prospect. I just I can't argue with his numbers and his tape. I know there's a little bit that people are, are arguing about him, and, and off the field stuff is obviously an issue, but. I go Baker. Okay. Can't hate that. Um, okay, no, for the Giants, I gotta ask you. Okay. Is this a what you is this a what I think the team's gonna do or what I would do if I was the team? This draft is what I would do if I was the team. Okay. Then if I'm the New York Giants, I'm drafting Baker Mayfield because I don't think I, 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 if I'm the Giants, I don't know when I'm going to be this bad again. I don't know right. when I'm going to have the chance to take a quarterback like this again. And even if you're getting two, maybe three years out of Eli, get somebody while you can, man. No no position's more important than quarterback. I would give them Baker Mayfield. I hear you. I went Josh Rosen, so we just flipped those. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Okay, who do you got with going for the Colts? Uh, I think it's got to be Bradley Chubb. Um, I, they just need they need they need way too much help on the edge. Uh, Bradley makes too much sense for him. He can play kind of inside and out for whatever kind of defense they're doing, especially if they're going to more of a four three base. It just makes too much sense for them. Absolutely, same pick. Browns at number four. Uh, Derwin James. Uh, I'm going to take Derwin James oh. at number four. 
he is uh, he is an insane athlete, man. Um, and I think that he is truly game. Let me tell you something about Jerwin James. We asked both of his teammates, Derek Nadi okay. and Josh and Josh Sweat, where they would play Derwin James in the NFL. And both of them said linebacker because <laughs> Derwin is that good of a pass rusher that you want him to have the ability to do something like that. So we already know he can play a little bit in coverage, can play a strong safety role. But if his teammates are vouching him to even play linebacker, um, I think he's a really, really special talent. I wow. think if, uh, if you're the Browns, um, I think it's either probably him, maybe Saquon if you like it. But if I'm the Browns, honestly, I'm taking Derwin and drafting a running back later. Yeah, I, I'm not high on the value pick for the running back there, even though Saquon is extremely talented and he killed the combine. He's going to destroy it. He still will go top 10, but I'm with you. I think the running back needs to be a later pick. I may take Sony a little bit later, but I think the Browns take uh, Barkley here. Okay. <clears throat> number, All right. Number All right. five, the Denver Broncos, who they take? Denver Broncos, I'm going to give them, because I don't think that they're going to get Kirk Cousins. Okay. So. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to pin them with Sam Darnold just because I think you know we we heard Elway talk at the podium and Elway said you know somebody asked him you know you've had a couple of swings and misses for quarterbacks and Elway kind of smiled and interrupted him and said <laughs> and I'm going to keep swinging until I get one oh man so that was kind of the thing that happens there I, I if they don't get Cousins you know maybe they maybe they end up getting Case Keenum I don't know but as of right now I'll give him Sam Darnold five. I'm with you. I think Sam Darnold's a great selection there. Big body, cold. He's going to hold up, and I think he turns into a pretty good quarterback. What about the New York Jets at six? Lamar Jackson. Uh, I think that the Jets are in a very odd situation. I think that their their roster is near ground zero. Um, They have a couple of things going for them. But honestly, and I said this on a podcast not too long ago, if I'm the Jets – I'm not even planning on winning next year, maybe even the year after. My plan, if I'm the Jets, is I want to be that number one team in the AFC, what is it, North, East? I think it's East. East. AFC East. I want to be the very first team to pounce when Brady retires and when Belichick leaves. I want to, if I'm the Jets, I've got a three-year plan in place to when Brady finally hangs it up, I am the first team to pounce, and I think that all starts with them taking a quarterback at six, whoever it is. In this case, it's Lamar Jackson. This is unreal. I have Lamar also going there because I love him, and I love his talent and what he brings to the table. We got some great minds. I like this, man. We got some great minds. (laughs) Here's your team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think I know who you're going to pick. Go ahead and tell me. Oh, wow. Um, I'm I'm actually, I don't know if this is who you think I'm going to pick, but I'm going to pick Quentin Nelson. No, it's so, not. That's not who I thought. Okay, well, I'm going to give him Quinn Nelson. Um, obviously, I, I cover the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so I know the team pretty well. Uh, if I were them, I would draft Nelson. I'd sign a free agent at center, and I'd move Marpet back to guard. And if you do that, oh, man, okay. you immediately change that offensive line into perhaps one of the better units in the entire NFL. At that point, Donovan Smith becomes the only weak point in your offensive line. And look, man, as much as Donovan Smith I still think needs to get better, I will take that and look almost <laughs> almost on every line. So you can kind of fill in the rest of the holes there, but I, right. I would I would say Quentin Nelson. I'm going Minka Fitzpatrick for you and I think he plays a multitude right, of positions and I don't think you'd complain if you landed him. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> Where we go, Chicago with the eighth overall pick. For Chicago, man, they need cornerback help. Um, 
I know that they they just they just tendered Kyle Fuller, correct? Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. Transition tagged him, yeah. Yeah. Um, who's there at the corner right now? Because I'm tempted. I think I want to give him Denzel. I think I want to give him Denzel Ward. They had um, Prince of Mukamara, but he's not there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not about that. I'm giving him Denzel Ward. They need a lot of help. Uh, Amos was really good as a strong safety last year. I think he's going to continue to improve. I think they have good play there. Uh, so I, I'm not going to give him Minka, and instead I'm going to give him Denzel Ward. Okay. I went guard Quentin Nelson here. I think he would uh, step right in and do exactly what you said he would do for the Bucks. I think he's easily sure. the best talent on the line in this draft. Mm-hmm. 49ers at 9. 49ers um here's a fun one i'm gonna give them roquan smith Mm. because i truly love the madden idea in my head of the 49ers playing nickel and their two linebackers being reuben foster and roquan smith like that is just such a dream to me and they can (laughs) honestly they can honestly like figure out the rest of the pieces around them because that would be a nasty duo if I'm the 49ers, I also take Raquan Smith, but I think they choose Denzel Ward instead. Okay, that's fair. That's but if, fair. But if I'm them, I'm with you, and I think Roquan Smith should go there. Raiders at 10th overall. <sighs> the Raiders could use cool. Raiders could use probably a variety of different things here. They could very well go Minka Fitzpatrick, but you know what? I'm going to give him Tremaine Edmonds because I think that I think the Raiders not only need linebacker help, but they also need some edge help too. Jermaine Edmonds, I'm just 19 years old. I, just the, the flashes that he's shown as just a 19 year old are crazy, and I think you know this kid's got an incredibly high ceiling. I think he can help fit a, a couple of different needs for the Raiders. So I'm going to give him. I'm going to give him Edmonds. Yeah, I went Roquan Smith because I, I as well think they need exactly the same help. They've drafted, I think, three um, cornerbacks and safeties in the last three drafts, or this if they do take one this year it would be three in a row and so i think they go away from the um defensive backfield position that was 10 right that was 10 yes sir let's move let's go real quick nfc south the carolina panthers at the 24 who who, what what are they even targeting i think i mean well for the like 900th year in a row uh they still need wide receiver help so (laughs) i've got to think that a wide receiver is going to be in play for them somehow i think they certainly need a running back as well with Jonathan Stewart getting out of there because I think they, I do think that they realize that Christian McCaffrey might be kind of a niche offensive weapon for them. Yes. So they're going to need a running back at some point, but I don't think it's going to be a 24. Instead, um, a player I think that they're going to target big time is Equiminius St. Brown mm. from Notre Dame. Um, he had a fantastic combine, I think. Wide receiver, big bodied wide receiver who can also stretch the field. We know Carolina loves to do that, but it's time to get a wide receiver in there. Who is you know can actually be there for them on all kinds of different downs, not yeah. just a specialist wide receiver to either stretch the field or be in the red zone or something. Just get one guy who can do it all. I think Sam Brown can. Yeah, I went Cortland Sutton there uh, with that pick if he's still there. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. There we go. Atlanta Falcons at twenty six. My Atlanta Falcons. Who do you think they take? Well, if Poe's not coming back, I certainly think that they're, they're going to need interior defensive line help. And every time I do a mock draft and I look at the Falcons, I go, man, this, this is a complete roster. This team is good. The Falcons are good. And it's, you know, it's no surprise that they made the Super Bowl uh, not too long ago. So if Poe leaves, they're going to look for an interior defensive tackle, somebody to pair with Grady Jarrett in the middle. Um, if that's the case, maybe a guy like, perhaps a guy like Deron Payne, if he's still there, mm-hmm. my guy. My guy, Nathan <laughs> Shepard from Fort 
State, um, love him too. So uh, th- those would probably be my options if I'm the Falcons. Yeah, Poe is is absolutely leaving. I think he's just going to command too much and won't come back on a four or five million dollar deal. He's just worth too much. I'm actually going to go either Isaiah Wynn if he's still there, or okay. Will Hernandez from UTEP. I love his athleticism. Yep, yep. Anytime you're an interior guard and you wear a neck roll, um, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. So, yeah, I know I like Will Hernandez a lot. Those are good picks. Let's go New Orleans Saints at 27. Man, those three are right in a row. Good grief. Yeah. Um, hey, look at that. The NFC South is good, and then the Bucks are picking top 10. What do you know? Um, <laughs> So I mean, for the Saints, they could use this. They could use some serious linebacker help. Um, depending on who is left, I don't know how the linebacker group is going to fall. But you know, if it's perhaps Rashawn Evans, if he's still there, Leighton Vander Esch, maybe even Malik Jefferson. However, they want to look at their linebacker position. I just think it's going to kind of be somebody in that area. They definitely need help there. Yeah, Malik Jefferson was who I picked. Good grief! How in the world we came up? We I promise you, we didn't do this ahead of time. <laughs> Look, I mean, like, the needs are pretty much solidifying for themselves, you know. I mean, there's certainly creativity in where people want to go here and there with picks, but um, you can't get away from too much of the fundamentals. And there's a lot of talent in this draft at the linebacker position, so it only makes sense for the, the Saints to strike there. I agree. How upset? Let's shift to the NFL and what has happened today. Devontae Freeman is the highest paid running back at $8.25 million. How upset are you? Because I know you've been <laughs> campaigning for Le'Veon Bell to come to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for some time now. I mean, since the offseason has started, that has been your guy. He's yeah. tagged at $14.5 million, almost twice as much as the highest paid running back. What are your thoughts? Did you think that they yeah. had a real chance to sign him? It makes me think that Le'Veon's asking for. And here's the problem, man. Here's the problem with this. They tagged him last year. Yeah, twelve million. And, yep. Right, and he's making twelve. Okay, <laughs> all all Le'Veon Bell did was once again be one of the best running backs in football. Okay, when he was out there, he why would he play for less money? So, like the Steelers kind of screwed themselves over tagging Bell last year. Now, now I understand why you tag a running back. You want to see if right. they're worth it. You don't know if they're going to get hurt. All this kind of stuff. He he came off a little bit of a bang bang injury. Blah blah blah. All this stuff. So I get why they do it. But at the same time, you have to look long term and realize that if this person, if these, if this running back pans out for you, he's not going to take less money. Right. So Le- Le'Veon's, even though the the even though Freeman at eighteen eight and a half, like you just said, is the highest paid running back. Contract wise, Le'Veon's not going to sign for less than twelve mil a year because no. he just played on twelve year right. mil a year. So, like, I think the Steelers are kind of screwed because I think that the, I think that this is the last year Le'Veon Bell's going to be with the Steelers because I don't it, because unless Le'Veon and his camp want to take less money to just get a long-term deal done that has a lot of guaranteed money in it, then Le'Veon's not going to sign with them next year, and they're not going to franchise tag him next year. Because I think next year it's going to go up to, what, 16, 17 million for a running back? Mm-hmm. And at that point, at that point, you are literally paying more than double, and at that point, it does not become worth it for you. So the Steelers are the ones who have dug themselves a hole with Le'Veon Bell, and I truly think, you know, even if Le'Veon Bell 
doesn't hold out this year as he said that he's going to do, I think this is the last year that Le'Veon Bell is in Pittsburgh. Okay, I wrote that down, and I probably will tweet that out tomorrow, including this show. So just know it's on here first. I don't think anyone else has said that yet. But going along with the lines of what you're saying, think about this, too. From this perspective, they've paid Le'Veon Bell $26.5 million in just two years with these two contracts, right? If you look at Devontae Freeman, he's going to make $26 million in three years, maybe. And so it, it's just truly amazing that he he does deserve $12 million, and I do think there's a team that will pay him for it, pay him that much money to play, and that's the Steelers. are. You're absolutely right. They, they're caught red-handed. They have no idea what to do, so they just pay him $14 million. Yep. Yep. I guess they have to because he's not going to budge. His no, camp shouldn't. He you shouldn't. Know. Right. Exactly. I'm with you. Where should Kirk Cousins sign, and where does Kirk Cousins sign? I think those are two different answers. Very different answers. Um, you know, I would. Uh, it's. Uh, now I'm trying to think. So I think he's <laughs> going to sign him. I think he's going to sign in Minnesota. Like okay. I think that's a done deal because I was I was at the combine last week, obviously, and Mike Zimmer, the head coach of the Vikings, basically just bodied all three of his current quarterbacks. He said Sam Bradford's never going to be healthy enough to play again. We don't know what we have in Teddy Bridgewater. Mm -hmm. And he literally said out loud in front of everyone on live camera, well, are we getting the Case Keenum that played for us or the one that played for the Rams? What? You know, like that was that was crazy here. So I've got to I've got to think that he already think he already knows that they're going to get Kirk Cousins because he doesn't have to prop up any of these dudes anymore. I would have loved to see Kirk Cousins in Jacksonville. It just wasn't going to happen. They didn't have the cap, so those would be my two answers there. Yeah, I would. Lo- I'm with you there. I think he fits well in Minnesota, but I would have loved to see him with that defense. Good grief. Okay, where does Michael Bennett end up? Oh man, I don't know. I don't know what the Se- I don't know what the Seahawks are doing, and I don't even know what his price tag is. Um, you know, they're trying to trade him. They don't want to cut him. Obviously, they want to get something for him. But let's face it, man, he's in his 30s. Yep. Um, he's making a lot of money, and they want to get rid of him. The rumors say they want to get rid of him, quote-unquote, to have a more quiet locker room, so that means he's obviously been running his mouth or something. <laughs> um, and I love Michael Bennett, by the way. Um, I don't know where he ends up, man. I, I really I really don't, um, just because I don't know, I don't know if he's going to get traded for or signed or what's going to happen with him. Yeah, I, I think Atlanta is like a fairy tale destination, right? Being a Falcons fan and, Ish, lo- and losing. Sure, no, no, no. That makes right. that makes sense. But I just don't. Is Atlanta? Would Atlanta pull the trigger on something like that? I don't because, know. Because he his contract right now is for, uh, I think it's seven mil this year, but then he makes ten mil next year and twelve the year after, and it's three years. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Right. Right. God, I some some teams just suck at making contracts, dude. <laughs> like I I have noticed that, especially from like being in Tampa Bay. And the Bucks cap guy is really really good. He's really good, Mike Greenberg. Yeah. Um, a ton of team friendly deals. He knows how to work the numbers to where they can get out of a lot of contracts that have risk and like all this stuff. He's really good. And then I go over and I'm like, hmm, free agents or trade people. Let's look at so- God. That contract is awful. Yeah. And so like it, I just see that all the time. That's uh, it's just unbelievable. I, I don't know how in the world. I mean, he'd be thirty four at that point, making about eleven and a half million dollars. I don't, I don't know where they thought they could get the money to pay for a player like the, that. The the only way a team trades for him, the only way, is if he agrees to restructure his deal for about like seven million dollars a year for the next three years. Be Absolutely. like, okay, we'll still we'll we'll give you we'll give you a three year contract, but it's going to be seven mil 
flat. Like you're getting seven mil every year. We're not giving you twelve. Are you going to any pro days this year? I think I'm going to go to uh, UCF, UF, FSU, and I'm going to try to get to Georgia's. So Ooh. UGA, yeah. that's awesome. I'm going to try to. I'm going to try to. They got a lot of people that's worth it. So okay, let's move into those three random funny questions, man. You ready? All right, let's uh, – sure, yeah. Last time you wanted to start your own Chipotle restaurant. It's just hitting me now. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. So do you have a go-to TV show, and if so, what is it? Um, does it have to be currently airing, or can it be an old TV show? Oh, it can be old. Okay, uh, How I Met Your Mother. How I Met Your Mother is mm. my favorite TV show ever. Is it, do you just continually watch it, like when you're on just doing work or whatever? It's just on in the background. Uh, I've I've probably seen How I Met Your Mother front to back, yeah, like seven or eight times, <laughs> probably like every episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what was your last? This is getting getting personal, real quick. What was okay. your last personal purchase of a hundred dollars or more? Um, and don't tell me a flight. I don't want to hear that. No. Okay, so I'll give you two. One of them's food, and then one of them's an actual thing. Um, <laughs> the actual thing is uh, I, I bought a giant like Mac monitor because I got a Mac Mini from somebody. So oh. upgraded, upgraded that, and upgraded to having a real microphone for the podcast that I get to do. So awesome. that was that was the um, that would that probably would have been that. And then a hundred dollars. I went to like the nicest steakhouse in Tampa with a couple of friends of mine. Uh, about a week ago, and dropped some cheddar uh, <laughs> on some on some very fine aged steak. So there you go. How'd it taste? Was it really worth it? Um, I'm gonna subconsciously tell myself yes because oh, I already sick. spent the money. So, um, <laughs> but I gotta say that I make a mean steak myself here here at the house. So okay. And last question, Trevor: Would you rather fight one horse sized duck? Or 100 duck-sized horses? Um, God, this is the age-old question, isn't it? <laughs> um, I think... Oh, man. Because if, if, cause here's the thing. Like, people always go into this question, and they're like, they're like, yeah, but like ducks are fine. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is a fight scenario. This duck's pissed at you. Yeah. Like, this is an angry duck with a giant beak that's just going after you. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I... I think I'm gonna go with a hundred duck-sized horses. Holy cow! A hundred—that means you have to kill one hundred of them to live. Cool, man. Yeah. Uh, Do you realize that? That's that is. I'm taking the big guy. No way, <laughs> dude. I don't know. Yeah. No, I gotta. I gotta go. I gotta play the numbers game and go with the one hundred with the smaller size. All right. Thanks, Trevor. I appreciate you hanging out with me. He's on Twitter. At Tampa Bay Trey, man, we got to get this going. I, I I love doing this kind of stuff with you, man. No, I, I love it every time we come on, man. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, I'll get to keep that plaque on for the uh, most uh, <laughs> most reoccurring guest for a while, buddy. I love it. You've been listening to the Seventh Report. <laughs>